Okay, hey Joseph, we're back for another uh, installment of our World Peace Game podcast here, and we're talking about our, our latest weeks of of gaming. So we're, this is a bit of a, a double podcast. We we have one from recorded from last week that uh, we also wanted to get the blog associated with, and then we have this one. So we have a double blog and a double podcast posting uh, this week for you guys. So hopefully you have a chance to to check this out. I hope the kids have been talking about the game. I know I've been hearing about it from uh, local celebrities around town and, and knowing how proud they are of our game. Uh, no, I mean, some people have been talking about it. I know that, that the kids have been talking about it a lot, and I think it's starting to become something that, that this class or, or the fourth grade here is starting to really look forward to, which is pretty cool and exciting. Yeah, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this week. I think we'll be hearing from uh, one of our players, which will be cool. You'll get sort of what's going on directly from one of our our involved players. So in addition to our commentary, what you see from the adults, you'll also see it through a player's eyes. And I think that there's nothing more valuable than that uh, for this week. So we look forward to seeing that here, hopefully at the end of this podcast. Yeah, it's it's tough to to break down some of their busy schedules. I know that they're, they're running around as much as we are. And uh, even though we might be able to go uh, Steeler from Aftercare right now. We're we're catching up with each other and trying to get everything together. So tomorrow we will uh, pull her from math class or something and <laughs> let her sit down with us and, and talk about the game. So anyway, let's get into it. So um, last week we talked a lot about the pinky promises and how valuable those things have, have uh, seemed to become and how we moved away from some handshake deals and into these these, uh, what I call them on our, our blog, the blood oaths of, of pinky promises, these sacred things. Uh, so we, we're starting to see some of those either fall apart or, or come to fruition. Um, and then following that, uh, I think we actually discussed that last week. So we can talk about moving into our, our attempted peace summit, which was super exciting. I know for the both of us, I think at one point I looked around and Joe was on a table. I was on a chair taking pictures and recording video and uh, I, I don't think either one of us could have heard each other just across that room with with all the noise that was going on there yeah I, I think that the kids learned a really valuable lesson that it's great to be inclusive and bring everybody to the table but you have to be prepared for everybody to have an opinion and everybody want to get that opinion sort of as the primary opinion so <laughs> to get it out first that's right uh, and so it was really interesting to see Uh, Like you said in the blog post, somebody spoke and then they were met with a barrage of different (laughs) voices. So for the first, I don't even know how long of that peace summit was basically just total chaos. People talking over one another. Nobody heard anybody else. Just rather unproductive until they kind of regrouped. Yeah, which which is funny because as as I was trying to tell them... Well, first of all, I said, I think our new quote is uh, not going to be from Sun Tzu, but it's going to be the unknown idiom that's uh, too many cooks in the kitchen because uh, we, we were talking about how so many people involved in, in one discussion can, can derail it pretty quickly. And, and that's what we saw. We started seeing people getting mad about the fact that there was a summit and then storming out and then... You know, poor Deuce up there trying to control everything, uh, attempting to levy fines against anyone who stood out of their seat eventually. And you could just see it spiraling and, and eventually uh, really fell apart. But a couple people started getting to have their voices out there. And what, what's great about it is they're starting to try to get away from the little petty 
um, insults or the little tit-for-tat responses that, that started the game, which ironically started with Deuce, but he's, he's been really uh, productive in, in changing that narrative uh, away from it. I think one of his quotes was actually, I know I started it and I'm very sorry to, <laughs> to North Macalcia. Uh But, you know, I think that's one of the things that's pretty exciting is, is I know you've talked about it a lot, that, that uh, switch that flips that the kids start to recognize when they can actually come together and be productive and, oh man, we, we've just wasted three game days, you know, fighting about, you know, some nonsense and getting into an arms race and, and that kind of stuff, which also at the same time parallels real life in a lot of ways that, that you know, we've seen an arms race in our recent past and we've seen uh, peace conferences and, and get togethers fall apart, whether they're within the UN or just private uh, peace accords that, that don't last. So, it's pretty fun and interesting to see how much this really can can mirror real life. And I think much like real life, uh, with regard to that click moment, was when we were approached about having nine crises solved yeah. of the 18 that we've put in. Um, and there, there were a lot of great ideas, but we came to the conclusion that four were really solved. And the, other, the others were, you know, between 70 and... 99% solved. Yeah, there's some really close. So it was really interesting to see them recognizing the progress that they've made and also understanding that we we thought we solved this problem, but it may have been worsened by the problem that we solved before. So just sort of, I mean, you put it well, that it's a macro game, that it's it's not all about solving each individual crisis, that everything is intertwined. And I think that they've just recently really started to see the impact of that. Yeah, I think we, we were specifically talking to a couple of groups that said, yeah, but we're, we're our names aren't on the other crises, so yep. we're done pretty much. And, you know, that wake up call to say, no, you, you then you have an even better shot at solving the crisis in a lot of cases that the people who aren't directly involved can come in with a clear head and, and a different perspective and really kind of lock the things down. So, um, you know, in the moment, in the during the game, I think that this far more than last year has has stressed me out but it's it's funny and it's it's um, really exciting in some cases and then you know we just talked about before before we started recording how mrs hl kind of got to see a, a couple glimpses of the game and i know she talked to you about kind of the wide range of things going on yeah uh it's it's always amazing because we get so engrossed in these little conversations that sometimes it's it's impossible to step back and see everything that's going on all at once so i my favorite thing is when somebody walks in from from outside the situation whether it be mrs hl or mr k or somebody who just kind of makes a point um, and her point was it's amazing the range of emotions that are going on right now you have everything from beaming kids who just got what they wanted the kids who haven't lifted their head in a little while because they're they're kind of just regrouping and, and figuring out their next move. Yeah, feeling at a loss in, the, in a lot of ways. And too, so, sometimes. so that's the best. That's the best thing is when an outsider comes in and points something out that we we don't see because I'm standing on a table taking pictures of the the peace talks, which were so interesting to me. Or you're filming some small coup that might happen. Uh, we we see these bits and pieces which are which are great, but we also don't see the big picture sometimes until we've filmed it and gone back and watched it in retrospect. Yeah, sure, and and I know that a lot of the the students, 
you know, one of the things that I, I really took away from this week is how painful it, it truly is. And, and not even to laugh. I know that we kind of chuckle at, at some of their pain sometimes, but uh, how painful it really can be to disappoint or uh, anger your social group. And whether that social group is on a, a huge worldly scale or an, a, an adult set or a family or, you know, friends in the fourth grade. And I think uh, I know we we spoke about it a little bit before, but Brady took a big hit when he finally woke up and realized, oh, wow, I, I guess I can't just sign every paper that gets put in front of me, which very naturally you would because you'd feel important in the game and you'd want to be involved in the game. He was excited to be the arms dealer. It's about ammunition and weapons and stuff. But once someone says, you sold a what to who? then that really starts setting in. And I think we started seeing, we're seeing clearer signatures now. Uh, we're seeing more deliberate signatures. And we're seeing the kids start to have an understanding of the power they have to sign or not sign and how much that can slow the game. You just talked yeah. about that, how that can slow the game for your benefit or even just settle some things down. You can just refuse to sign for a week and the next week you can kind of get back to dealing with it with a clearer head. And so I think that's that's one of the things that, that's kind of cool and I hope that they start taking away is not everything has to be solved in the first sentence and not everything has to be solved in the first conversation, but they can actually start having discussions and conversations, walk away from it with what seems to be a failure and go back to it and build on that foundation that they started. So that's something that you know, whether they're looking at it in the same way that I am and, and analyzing it like I analyze every bit of everything in my life, <laughs> like they can uh, they can start, I think, seeing that in a just really natural way. And I, I think, short of explicitly saying it, I think that we've heard them kind of voice those ideas. That, yep. that they're telling other people, well, if this party's not happy, we can't go forward with it. So like you said, they, they've understood the power of the pen, basically. Mm -hmm whether it comes to vetoing something or, or signing it or holding out for just a little bit more of what the they want. pen is mightier. <laughs> SNL junkies out there, there you go. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, Joe. It's okay. <laughs> so I think that uh, moving forward, we're going to start seeing um, more fines, potentially, whether they're legal or illegal. Uh, I think we're going to start seeing some more uh, patience with some of these things, although we're not, it's not like we're gaining time. We're running out of time at some point. That's correct. And uh, I think we're going to start seeing some, some peace, some peace of survive. I think I even jotted down in my notes that uh, hopefully next week's title of our blog post can be that the, let's see, it says peace doves overcome. Peace doves prevail. There we go. I knew that there was some type of semi-alliteration in there. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we can start seeing that kind of stuff. Hopefully they can start reflecting on some of the things they're doing. Uh, I, I really have seen growth in a lot of the players and definitely in a lot of the gameplay. Um, and, you know, I think that we'll probably see another attempted, uh, you know, sit down, but maybe not with so many people, maybe with representatives of so many countries or maybe all of them, but we'll kind of see... See if, if Deuce has another run in or not. I know he was pretty dejected by the end of the game. But uh, they have solved four, which is, is progress. And we can, and they're close to about four or five other ones. Uh, and then they're very far off from some of them too. But um, 
I don't know. I know I interrupted you, but oh no, I I look forward to to having people be able to hear from one of our players. Yeah, and I, I think from this moment on, we'll be able to accompany all of our commentary um, from the outsider's perspective with some insider knowledge and maybe some knowledge that we don't have that has been shared um, from player to player that that we would like to like to know about. So we look forward to that. Um, Aside from that, I think the kids have made some serious progress, and sure. I think that they have the room to continue to do so. So, uh, just to end it with a couple of quotes, like I like to do, and I land the blog, the blog and the podcast with a couple of those. Um, I already mentioned Deuce to to North Macalcia saying, "Yeah, sorry about that." Um, but let's see, uh, Wesley at one point says uh, during the peace talks. North Bacalsi and the Nintribe don't even care. And Anthony turned him in one of the funniest, probably the funniest moments so far in this game, like a, a true warlord and said, make them care. So they started levying fines really quickly after that, which was hysterical. Um, you know, I, I wrote a few of these in there as well. Deuce also says, can we please just erase from our memories someone calling someone else a jerk, which, you know, did not was not received well either. That was a big no. Uh, let's see what else. I think that Sophie started selling some random things and, uh, she said, Hey, money's money. Anything helps. So, uh, you know, there's, there's more and more where they're, they're finding the, the real benefits in, in a few small things and, uh, picking up from them. They're moving past some of this older stuff and, um, you know, we're moving on. Anything else? Nothing for me. All right. So, uh, stick around. We're going to have a, uh, an MVP candidate from this first half of the the games to sit down with us and tell us about what she thinks is going on and how we can uh, improve and you know create a lasting world peace moving forward, a real legacy for this fourth grade. I hope that was enough of a cliffhanger for you. That's right. Hang on to your butts. Okay, we're here with our special guest, Brooklyn Waite. She has made a strong push for uh, MVP status here at the start of the game. So I guess I just want to start by asking how you feel things are going. Um, well, it's going good so far. I mean, we're kind of coming to an end of World Peace Games. But, yeah, it's going pretty well. I mean, through all the trades and deals that we've made, through all the contracts everybody signs, and the Nin tribe has only completed one crisis, but we're working on the other two that we have almost solved. And uh, what do you think the most challenging part of the game has been so far? Um, the most challenging part for me was um, trying to have um, a private meeting with other countries without the UN, but whenever we try to do that, the UN tried to find us, but luckily the World Banker didn't agree, so that was good. And the other challenging part was trying to find people and like trying to get them free for more than five minutes before they have to go off and talk with somebody else. It's kind of hard to just sit down and have like a full-out conversation with people, so that's pretty hard to do too. What, um, what do you think is your favorite part of the game so far? My favorite part is making, is negotiating. Yeah, because I'm a big negotiator at my house. <laughs> I've seen. So I like getting Mila and Kason 
involved. They're the other people in my tribe. I like getting them involved because they also know how to, you know, make deals and yeah. So they are pretty good at that. So that's why I can just that's why I can trust them and just be like, you guys know how to make good deals. Just go out, make deals, try to solve as many crises as you can. And even if we don't, we can, we'll probably be close. So just try. And then they'll be like, okay. And sometimes Mila goes with me because she like, sometimes Mila doesn't feel like she knows how to do it. And sometimes she'll just come with me and see how I do it. And then she'll go out and do it by herself, make conversations. But yeah, so that was pretty fun. And my other favorite part was having the big meeting that we tried to have, but I know that if we would have actually wanted the meeting that it could have all it could have actually gone pretty well and we could have all agreed on a few things, solved a few crises because that's everybody together and we can make a few like six contracts right there on the spot. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um what do you think happened? Why didn't that big meeting, the big summit, the peace summit, why Why do you think that kind of fell apart? It wasn't the right time at all, no. How so? Because everybody wanted to leave, and then if you left and nobody of your tribe or your country was there, you'd get fined. So I was always going to make deals. Um, I told Mila to stay here, and Mila was like, but I don't want to stay here, it's so boring. And I was like, well, I'm not staying there, it's really boring too. So we had to just, but I stayed there for like five minutes, and she would go make a deal. Then I finished the deal, and she would stay there. And then they didn't like the people. Lockland was kind of running it, so, but um, they didn't like that we were doing that, even though they wanted um, a person from my tribe, and we gave them one. So I... Just was like, well, listen, then let's all raise our hand and see if we want this meeting to be adjourned. And so I was basically the reason that um, it was over because I, yeah, I kind of messed it up. I feel like it was probably circling the drain there for a little while. It was spinning out of control a little bit anyway. Uh, So what do you think um, moving forward? How do you think we're going to, you know, we've only had four crises solved and we're about halfway through the game. Uh, overall, so we have about five or six, maybe seven at the most game days left. How do you think we're going to speed this up and start knocking some of these out? Well, we could put like I was telling Mila that we should put like flyers on the fourth grade room in the art room, like saying world meeting, world peace meeting, and we could all get there and we could all so there'd be like different spots in the room and everybody could go in and everybody be in one big room and. Then, like, after, like, five minutes of maybe talking to each other, making, finishing up what you were doing, uh, then we'd all get together, and we can all, kind of like the big meeting, but a little bit, you know, better. And maybe if Lachlan wasn't so strict, or we were talking out, and that's, I bet that's how real meetings go. Like, you have to talk out. But, so we can all get together after the, like, five or ten minutes of um, little conversation finishing up and then we'd all get together and we'd all we'd flip through our crises and we'd make sure and if you'd only need one person there like I'd recommend the leaders or if it's the UN or the World Bank or just one person and so maybe that would be good because then we could all talk and we could all flip through crises while other people like the people of the tribe or the country and the UN could go out and make deals and stuff, because there'd be two UN members to sign, and the World Banker would, and the arms dealer wouldn't be here, they'd be in there in the meeting, but that'd still be okay, because um, 
we could always just come to them when we were done, and they could solve as many crises, and then we could all together solve a crisis. So it would work. Like we could have the meeting, a meeting with the heads of the countries or tribes, and then the meeting with other people of the tribe or the country. So that I think that'd be a way to solve more crises. I think it's a good idea. I think that'll at least start getting some dialogue going between the countries and letting them talk peacefully and mm-hmm. talk about the, everything. So, anything else? Um, yeah, one more thing about the okay. UN. Um, um, maybe the UN could, like, because since we have three rooms, the out, well, not really a room, outside the art room and the fourth grade room, a UN member could be in every room, and then they could go around and they could kind of, like, supervise. And then the World Banker would be in one room, the arms here, like, set up little stations and then, like, have, like, like maybe put two desks together and that'd be the NIN and then other two desks would be Lockland and then every two desks would be a different place until there was window seats being um, the World Banker, the United Nations and the arms dealer and if any tribe feels or country feels important then they could go sit on the window seat and act like they're important (laughs) but since there's three window seats that would work out for them and then there's many desks but there's also many countries so that would work out, I think, if we all had our own area. I think that's a good idea. I think uh, you got some organization to do then over the next couple of days. All right. Well, thank you, Brooklyn, for, for uh, our special guest. You're our first player guest, so uh, we look forward to some more as well. But uh, I'm glad you brought some, some insight from someone who's inside the game and not just these guys poking you guys from, from outside. So thanks very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.